Here it is, boys. Long-awaited return. We are so happy to be back, a full squad. Not at the moment. There's only four of us right now. Sam will be joining us in a second. This is Turin Giants podcast number 180. I am ecstatic. We have so much to talk about. Uh, boys, we will, we will go through every person on this, on this podcast shortly. Let me just introduce myself. My name is Farhad. I'm the host that loves you most. Like I said, this is Turin Giants podcast. We are up to episode number 180. So exciting. Can't wait to be in the 200s. I don't know why. Just, just, a, just a statement. Season number eight of the longest running UVA podcast. And it is a privilege for you guys, for, for us to host you guys, because there's so many choices as far as podcasts, soccer podcasts go. We always, always appreciate our listeners. So let's, get, uh, let's take care of some business. Uh, website for the merch, TurinGiants.com. You can follow us um, at TurinGiants on Twitter and Instagram if you want to be um, informed about our merch. And there's a lot more coming. I'm having a lot of fun with it. You, you guys are awesome for, for, for your orders. It's still a small operation, but I am trying my best with the, with the time that I have. And it's, it's been a lot of fun. And I re- really appreciate if you guys go to TurinGiants.com and check out all the uh, stickers, posters, and t-shirts and hoodies. There's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of cool, stylish stuff uh, for your enjoyment. If you want to keep in touch with us as far as the uh, podcast goes, podcast business, at Juve Podcast on Twitter. All right. That about does it. Uh, first of all, um, I wanted to start with a question. You guys give me the, your, your, um, your answer to this. So the greatest ride back in history... Cafu, Dani Alves, Matia De Silio. What do you guys think? Come on. It's, it's the legend's birthday today. The, the, the 28-year-old, the, the birthday boy, shined today. And um, he, he's, he, he's taken a lot of grief from all of us, but I think uh, credit is due. You know, what do you guys think about his amazing performance? It's funny because the the Shilio Sance is on us, I guess. Um, he's back. Uh, no, it, it's it's amazing to see him actually have great games. I've, I've been one of I've definitely have been a big critique of him in the past, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, it's funny. I, I <laughs> already failed. I failed because it's so funny. I was I was thinking this is the first take of the intro, which I which usually takes me three or four times, and I totally forgot to introduce my powerful. I was going to say, oh, we're just diving in, huh? so we're <laughs> yes, just going. Yes, in, we're and going. and we, we for the listeners, we had a, a plan to talk about you know the Roma game first and actually go into some topics, but no, the first topic, <laughs> Fahad just hit the hit the emergency button. We're going to talk to Shilio first. Listen, we've we've been drinking, so so forgive us. Cheers, by the way, boys. Everybody yeah, has cheers. their own their own their own poison. Uh, the 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 accent and the and the dulcet tones that you're hearing—that's Matt from Boston. Matt Matt Cocoluto. Uh, follow him at at Matt Coco Double C on Twitter. He's an amazing follow. Every once in a while, he gets these gems. But he's our old friend. He's he was actually the first host of the Juve podcast eight years ago. Uh, we've enjoyed having him last couple of years. He's, he's helped us out. Giovanni represented Chicago. Everyone's favorite. I'm sorry. Even, even I, if, if people don't even care about what I have to say, Giovanni is the, is the OG uncle, uncle Gio is here. And Chris are, are not, not a, not a frequent co-host, but we love him nonetheless. Chris from, um, he wants to stay anonymous. How about that? Um, Chris, welcome, dude. Welcome back. It's been a while. 
Ciao, Farhad. It's been a little bit. It's been a little bit of a wait since the last time I was with you. No. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Remember, we still lived at a different place. That's how long it's been. But Chris is basically uh, is at itruth98 on Twitter. A lot of people follow him. A lot of people who, um, who who are not reactionary fans who who like a good opinion. And I don't know, Chris is Chris is yet to miss. Um, Chris is just just the, the the man never misses, and I love it. Welcome, boys. Please, I, think, be, I think a lot of people would dispute that with you, Farhad. I'm, I'm just no, no, you're fine. That we, out there. we we are so happy to have you. Uh, Sam is is running late, but our favorite Canada son, Drake's Drake's little brother, is is getting ready to to hop on. Um, we we love him for all his craziness too. Um, all right, boys. So, like Matt mentioned, the first thing we wanted to dive into is the game against Roma. This was the test. We may not be back yet 100%, but this was a big statement. Mourinho thought he would, but you know what? Not this time, buddy. Allegri versus Mourinho. Masterclass. We will, we will kind of talk about the team going into this game, and then we'll discuss the controversial uh, penalty call, and then we'll move into your questions and, and just general chatter, and we'll talk about, oh, here's Sam. Everyone's favorite, just chatterbox, this guy. Um, yeah, and we'll talk about the game against Zenit, of course. A very important win today. What's up, Sam? Sam the Hammer. He has the coolest nickname on the podcast. What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? Hang on, let me just connect this fucking mic. Wa- waving doesn't, hurt, doesn't, doesn't translate Sa- well. Sam has been audio. on for all of one minute, and first curse word already dropped. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't even, I did not even hear that. Oh. It's like butter, man. You never hear it. It's just what is your how we all um, good, man. We're good. I I did a I did a introduction in one take, buddy. That's that was, impressive. That was That's magical. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm a little delayed, but I I uh, I'm happy you guys didn't wait up. I'm happy we have such a big cast tonight that my yeah, uh, man, five we got five people and, I, yeah, and no, I'm loving awesome. it. Um, we we all had to go through challenges and hoops in order to appear on this podcast that's how much we love our listeners uh matt you wanted to talk about the roma game give us a give us a couple of couple of your thoughts yeah i mean i think this was sort of the big test right this is we were we're on a we're on a run of form when winning games solid defense you go into the international break the worry is do you come out of it and you continue that form was it the prettiest game absolutely not but it's the type of game when we when we met beginning of the season when we brought allegri back that these are the games you you expect Juve to close out, even when they're not playing well. And there were many there were many moments of that game where they weren't playing great. Um, but yeah, so that's like that is just a, a massive win, and it does a lot for the momentum and it does a lot for the mentality. And it's a it's definitely a, a kind of a, a a point where we can say I don't think honestly be reactionary, but it's like this is the team is now getting into that that flow and getting into that mm-hmm. rhythm and where we go uh, from here is going to be. Is, is is hopefully continue to keep this uh, streak alive because uh, yeah, but I think that that's a real big focal point for the rest of the season is getting that win. Anybody else? What do you guys think about the game? Well, we keep making this pivot towards results based football now. Now that with uh, now that we're back in the full swing of the Allegri era, so I think the one thing for me that um, I've been sort of examining from week to week is not so much the fact that uh, we're still say ten points behind in the table and. Um, X amount of points behind Napoli and AC and 
top of the pack, but more we a matter are 10 of points. I don't I, I didn't hear you, but we are 10 points behind Napoli, unfortunately, still. 10 points behind, but now we're getting back to a place where results matter the most and we're getting them uh, under Allegri as we we once did when we were in the vintage period that we were in with him prior to him leaving in the first place. So for me, it's less about the quality of the performances and more about obtaining the results because for the moment, uh, this is something that we were lacking significantly in the Pirlo era. So um, it's just more about getting back to where we once were in terms of achieving those results. And it's, it's important that Allegri is reestablishing the club's willingness to do what's necessary to sacrifice on a match-by-match basis to win games. And that's something we're relearning how to do. It's it's not necessarily reinventing the wheel, but it's like learning how to ride a bike again. Yeah, bro, I can't believe I can't believe that Chris is back spewing the inconvenient truth. I, I thought we lost him. <laughs> uh, that, that was that was so beautiful. That was very that was very well said, and I think I think he's spot on, Chris. Uh, I, I got to commend you as well for for referring to AC Milan as uh, for referring to Milan as AC. And I think we should do I'm that doing, I'm doing on that this to, podcast I'm doing that to, just to piss them off. Okay, so you are definitely doing that to twist the knife, huh? Let's do it. Yeah, you're absolutely you're absolutely right, though. I, I really am, and I hope everybody picks up on that. And Sam. Uh, I'm so glad to be back that I was willing to endure Farhad vamping for five to 10 minutes before you were able to get on. How dare you? How dare you? Um, That's how much you mean to this podcast. Farhad is, you know, Farhad is, thank you. you Farhad is, uh, Farhad is, 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 is gonna he's gonna get it right this time not like not like the last not like the last part we tried two weeks ago on youtube which which never wound up getting uploaded uh via audio i don't think so we we have still yet to we have still yet to properly record a double podcast youtube fusion it still hasn't happened uh youtube will be back i promise you guys that meanwhile if you can go to at turin giants show on YouTube and subscribe. It, it really helps when we already have a group of, I mean, we have a ton of followers already, but if you guys want to participate in the lives or, or just like, we'll be posting videos once, once we have a little more free time, I promise you. But for now, this is, this is an audio podcast. And we're, like I said, we're up to episode number 180. So we must be doing something right. Um, do you guys want to talk about the controversial? Because that's pretty much the, the most pivotal point of the game against Roma was, the controversial penalty call. Who wants to go in depth, and then we'll we'll talk about the Zenit game. Well, I, I, I want to hear I want to hear y'all's opinion about that penalty. Can I ask? I want to throw it to the group, but in hindsight, is there really any controversy involved in it? I know it was regarded as being controversial. You are on Twitter, right? I mean, <laughs> I, it's just controversy because it's Juve Roma, and Roma's fans are just noisy, right? Ultimately. Nowadays, people dissect and re-dissect calls literally two minutes after the game is over, right? So the, from, from, from the reconstruction of what happened, yes, Shazny takes down Mkhitaryan, but, but Mkhitaryan technically favors the action with a handball. And so even if they had let, you know, Tommy Abraham score, they would have had to bring back the, you know, the goal if they had gone to VAR. So, I mean, it's a zero-sum game, right? So, 
For me, that's the point, though. I think you hit it on the head by saying that it's it's controversial in the nature that it's a Juventus versus Roma game because I think if that's happening in a, in a matchup between two Provinciali, regardless of what, what's at stake, it, I think it's a pretty clear indication of what happened. The handball rules out the continuation of play. The, the sequence was called as it was supposed to be called. And uh, I think, quite frankly, Vertu buries the penalty. We're, we're not really sitting here talking about it. We're not considering it controversial. I think it happened as it was supposed to happen. I got to be honest. Right after it happened, I thought I thought we got a little bit lucky because I thought we defensively broke down and I thought they should have allowed the goal and they should have allowed it to play on. But I missed the handball. And I think the, I think the, the, the outrage was down to the fact that a lot of people, I think, missed the handball. I could be wrong on that, but it took, I mean, it took Giovanni pointing it out to me um, in a conversation for me to even notice that Mikitarian grazed the ball with his hand or with his arm. I, 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 that totally went over my head. So I don't know. I don't know if it was super obvious, but I thought, I thought we got away with it until I found out that there was a handball in the buildup to what would have been a goal if it had been allowed to stand. And I, I think that was, again, a, b- a big reason for why guys were getting upset. Um, but, you know, I, I, ultimately, it's just down to the fact that you're a little bit frustrated when something doesn't go your way. I mean, when, 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 when Vertu misses the penalty, I think it's, it's kind of, it, it winds up becoming the biggest catalyst in the game. Right. But again, if the guy scores it and Chesney doesn't make that heroic save, we're not having this conversation. As Chris said, I agree with Chris hundred percent, by the way, we need to acknowledge that obviously Chesney's had a really difficult start to the year. It was nice to see him make that save and turn to the curva and just, you know, have something to celebrate about. Um, I don't know. We've, we've seen, we've seen, We've seen some guys in the past two weeks who have had a difficult spell, I think, in the last maybe year, step up a little bit. Deschilio's one, Bernardeschi's another, and Chesney is is um, the third guy, I would say. In is he now, is, is, is Bernardeschi just just barely making it, so we're, we're talking about him, or he's, he's, is, he, is he awful and that's his... He's plateaued. No, I don't think I, he's all. He had a good game. He had a good game against, yeah. uh, against Roma, man. He's just getting a little bit consist, more consistent, right? And is he going to peak? I have no idea, man. Like, I'm not, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet any money on that. But, you know, crazier things have happened. Um, I, I, I think he's just getting the confidence to, to do a very simple task. Right, Allegri has simplified what he has to do now, and I think that's helping him. And we're talking about him just stacking together good performances, yeah. and you can qualify what a good performance is one week after the other, but ultimately, it's just a matter of contributing to whatever whatever our interpretation of a successful match is. And um, he's he's actively benefiting the team in in some capacity, and he doesn't need to be the reason for us achieving results, but he's contributing to it. And for me, I think that's a sign of uh, Fede sort of turning back into the right direction, generating positive momentum in his performances. I, wanna, I think I we, hear- we can say at this point that uh, he's not uh, the 40 million year old man that we thought he would be, but he doesn't need to be. What's the opposite of 40 million? Um, I want to hear from Joe. I want to, <laughs> yes, maths. I want to hear from, I want to hear from Giovanni, the, the biggest Allegri fanboy in the squad after me. I mean, before me. Um, the results, man. The results have been... We're, we're not exactly banging him in, but it's what everybody wanted. 
look, wins are wins, and I'll take them. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, you- and look, guys, I, I think it would have been naive for anybody to consider, you know, fireworks off the bat. This team, since the last three, four weeks of Sarri, has just been dodgy defensively, right? So you got to unlearn bad habits, and you got to set good habits, it takes about three weeks to unlearn bad habits on average, and it takes another three weeks to set good habits. Really? Think of, yeah. On average, it takes. So, for example. Oh, yeah. No, I've heard that. 21 days. Yeah. Give or take, right? How does that translate into football terms? Do you need to play for 21 days straight or I don't know? It, it just it just long, translates into, into what what we're seeing with Juventus, which is just natural growing pains of evolving from a team that had to unlearn defense first, then offense to a, to about three year, two years of teams that were offense first and maybe defense. And let's be honest, we don't have Ronaldo that bangs in an average of one goal so that you can you can survive uh, a mistake in a very stingy league like the Serie A, right? So we're starting to see attitudes also change, which I think is even just as important as the results. And then I always say it, you know, consistency is the secret sauce. And we've finally been consistent defensively. Uh, we've been consistent as far as results. I would love to see, you know, um, a a footballing identity somewhat, right? And I'd love to see that consistently. That's it. Gotcha. Anybody else on Allegri? Well, I would say, yeah. I mean, I think we when we, we spoke at the beginning of the year, we said that it wasn't going to be just immediate that, you know, he has a lot of work to do just to get this team back to where he wants it to be. But we're now seeing the results and they were seeing the results a la Stile di Allegri. You know, like this is this is him grinding out wins, stuffing the midfield when, when we're not playing well, you know, like just getting the defense in line. And now we're seeing Tech, you know, Chesney being back to at least keeping – we've had, what, five straight clean sheets now in, across all competitions – we were, we went, you know, 30 something games, <laughs> felt like 30 something games or whatever it was without, Terrible. without keeping a clean sheet. And it was just, and that's an exaggeration, but it was a very long time. Um, and, and we're seeing it now that Allegri's, we don't, we don't, we don't do stats. Is, we don't do, no, stats we don't do our research podcast. ahead of time. You, you, you may not have been that far off though. We, yeah, we're going back. Yeah, it was something like, terrible. It was a couple of years. It, we were winter. It, yeah, it was winter. It was, it was, it was terrible. So 20 something games, give or take. Definitely. To, but to your to point, Gio, about the identity, I think there are still plenty of games where, on the the attacking front at least, it doesn't look it doesn't. It's not necessarily sure where the goals are going to come from, and that's probably the one area where there needs to be a little more identity around that, around what's the actual strategy here. But at the same time, it's Allegri. We just want to get results, right? Like that's his thing. Just get the results. Is, I, I think everybody on this podcast it agrees that we've we've for years agreed that. I'd rather see an ugly ass game, but the three points after the game. And I'm okay with that. You know, we're, we're doing so well in the Champions League. I've gotten some hate from, from United fans. And it's like, really? You, you, you're talking trash. 
It wasn't even a, it wasn't even a United account on Twitter. It was this a CR news guy that has 600,000 followers, but he's just such a, such a douchebag just going after accounts who, who, uh, and, and I, I, you know, I had the, the gif of, uh, of somebody eating popcorn and I said, United, because they were down to zero. And I was really interested in what they have to say. I said nothing about Ronaldo, but he came after me. I was like, I, I had some choice words for him, but it's just so funny because we're, Three clean sheets, three wins, um, you know, on our way to number one spot. But anyways, you know, we, we had oh, to I throw in some we had to throw in some Manchester United fan hate in there. I, so, I love I, I love I love how I love how <laughs> I, I love how, I don't say how rattled you get, but I, I love how I love how you always you 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 really you really take you really take Twitter interactions very personally. I know you, man. You you you, you often you often like to bring them up on the pod and just and just say, "I don't understand what what's going on. What's what's with these people? Why I don't get why they do this. What, who, who who are these I've, guys?" I've, I've gotten a lot better you because still, I, you still can't. Believe, no, but I think you're just still incredulous about it. You're like this some other some other fucker behind some anonymous account. It wasn't yeah, it was one of those CR fanboy accounts. But I've gotten guys. a lot better because Twitter. To, like the older I get. The, the the less social media matters to me because I do enjoy real life interactions. Like I would rather would rather talk to you boys than than be on Twitter and and the, because it's it's all for likes and retweets and most of the stuff is such garbage. But but this guy came after me. It's like, dude, we, we got nothing to do with you. So this is this is Ronaldo and and it, it was incredible because he did score the winner again and he's he's a uh, he's I, know. He, I don't know if you guys watch squid game but it's like when ali was holding the guy by his collar i just saw a meme that ronaldo is holding ole by the collar without no you know spoilers, bro. I, ain't no spo- yeah, I, I ain't watched it yet i haven't watched it so i haven't watched it i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna get sure on that a lot of listeners are going to watch it uh, yeah yeah i don't know who who's yeah, the furthest in the show back. right now I haven't seen any show, dude. I don't have any life, man. You I guys are lucky. It, so. You guys got me today, so. Okay, Matt. So, uh, uh, you're, anyone, any one of the listeners Chris, watching this in Chris, the next couple weeks, go back. I, and... I did watch Squid Game actually. I binged did you it in a matter it? of. I, I finished it very, very quickly. I think I Jesus. finished it in a matter of one overnight because I don't sleep oh very goodness. much. Uh, so wow. I'm that type of sleep? show watcher. It's nine hours. That's I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I'm probably I'm probably gonna watch it, and then when that thing happens, it's just gonna click in my mind, and I'm gonna laugh my ass. I'm gonna go, oh, that's what he meant. It was but, good. Uh, it's it's not some series. <laughs> it's not some era defining TV show, but it was very memorable. It's a it's a, it's a fun it show. Because, to to me, Netflix is is not worth it paying that much because they keep going on the price. But every once in a while, they do have a show that like my wife and I just like. Boom! That's our show, and it's it just makes it all. But then they go on a lull for like three months, and nothing happens. You re and they took away the office, and now Seinfeld is on. I've been binging Seinfeld for the fourth time or you something. Rewatch that, yeah. I don't know. Um, I, 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 I got I heard, George I Costanza that- here. This is Sam George Costanza Adamo. Yeah. I actually heard someone once tell me, and I don't know if this is a compliment, but I had a friend once tell me that I'm the perfect cross between George Costanza and Johnny Drama, and I and I have no idea, and I don't know what to <laughs> make of yeah, Johnny Drama and the Cavs, and you know, getting calf implants. I was told that uh, <laughs> or, or wanting to go to the weed dispensary just to buy the hat to look cool or to look young. I don't know. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's two I, of the most I, iconic I be, characters in TV history for all the wrong reasons. Sam, that, that's, that's I, a very I wanted, good comparison. 
I'd want to be Jerry Seinfeld and Ari Gold, but everyone, or everyone, I have a buddy who thinks he's Vinny Chase. He's convinced. And I, it, it took me a while for, for me to tell him, bro, you're, you're, you're not Vinny Chase. You're, no one wants to be Vinny Chase. He's a terrible character. There's not much depth there. Right. We have a friend in our group who's like, just, he, he get he gets girls passively and he kind of is lost and he doesn't really know what's going on. He's Vinny Chase. You know, and I keep telling my buddy who thinks that he's Vinny thought for years, he was Vinny. I was like, no, you're, you're, you're not, you're E, you're Eric. And that's it. That's all. <laughs> you're, you're lover, you're lover boy, Eric. It's exactly what you are. I don't know. But, um, I heard anyway, that it's a little bit like I don't know. Based on the synopsis, it, it, and I'm sure I'll like it. And I know the vibe of a Korean show is not to get too off topic here, but I know the vibe of yeah. a Korean show is, is is a little bit unique. And you know, I I, I like Parasite. I do like it. a lot I, of really I, good I, media that comes out of Korea, but I, it sounds a little like Casa de Papel to me, just based on the synopsis. I'll give it a chance. I'll watch it, but not not really. But but I I do like I do like foreign shows. I feel like show American shows now are so corporate. It either needs to be an HBO show for me because they don't really care about, you know, doing the right thing. Like I like shows gritty and and that's why I don't work. I, I, I don't watch network shows because there's no cursing. And to me, that takes me out of it because I need to have grittiness, the violence. And that's why, you know, I try to stick to HBO and stuff like that. But that concludes our TV show hour. Let's talk about the game against Zenit. Uh, did anybody, did anybody think by 85th minute, will finally score or everybody just made their peace with zero, zero one point in Russia is fine. Um, so it was a snooze fest. Gotta be honest. Giovanni, what do you, what did you think about the game itself? Yeah. I mean, again, I'll go back to that whole, like, let's figure out this identity of the team. Um, man, we're missing, we're playing without a midfield. We're playing without a midfield, man. And I'm, I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that like Allegri stroke of genius that comes once a season, you know, as the winter passes and then all of a sudden we figured it out and then we're off to the races, right? I but did, did you I did you feel like we did you feel like we missed Rabio? Who's who's how long has it been on well, Rabio is no while, right? it's still neither, you know, fish nor fowl. I don't know what that guy. He I'll should like, be scoring like 10 goals like Allegri asked for. He's The physique is there. I see 20% of the potential. I need to see 100% of the potential for that for that price. You know what gotcha. I mean? Um, you know, Ben Tancourt, uh, same thing. Like, we've, we, this guy's been here forever. And let, like... Are you, are you just a promise, a young promise, or let, let me ask you a question? Jump, so let me ask you a question regarding Ben Dancourt. Realistically, which team deserves Ben Dancourt? Because he's not Juve material. So just just to give us a little idea, like which team is he the level of right now? And I'd like to hear from all of you guys if if you want to yeah. chime in. Are we just gonna? Are we just gonna? We're, we're, we're not gonna debate that. That statement you just made, which is he's not human okay. material. That's a pretty absolute thing to say. Uh, it could, it's, I'm, 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 I'm cool. Right. I'm cool to. I'm cool to go with. You know, I'm cool to go with that premise. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, um, you think he's? You think he's human material? Bentancur. I mean, every third pass is misplaced. Um, there's a lot. A lot of just 
man, a lot of trash in that game and that in that guy's game. And it's know, just can, very inconsistent. Man. Inconsistent. And yeah, I mean, Juve me too. When, when we think about, be... sorry, sorry, Giovanni, like when you think about the strong Juve, the the material of the the caliber of players that we used to have, is just sad to see some of these dudes representing Juve. Bro, what? I don't know. I, I'll, I'll say Sevilla yeah. for Bentancur. I don't know. Like, like, did you? If we want to play the game, what like, I, he, like, he's, I, like, he's not a he's not a relegation team player. You no, know? not at all. But but he, I, he's no no Juve. Sevilla. Material. I don't know. Look, here's I the like thing. Him. We've seen him perform really well. I want to see it. Eight out of ten games. That's what it means to be a Juve, right? Yeah, he's he's had more bad games. That's than the good, thing that's for sure. And 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 to me, we cannot afford, in terms of trying to stay at the top level in Europe and in Italy, to go on with an inconsistent midfield at best and a very very subpar midfield at worst because. It's, we just I just don't know what type of midfield do we have. On on paper, two years ago I'd have been like, wow, these kids are gonna grow up and they're gonna be studs. Where is it? Where no. is it, man? I was really looking forward to McKinney's good performance today, but he was panned as one of the worst performers today. And with the two misses that again, he's not a striker, he's not a finisher, but those two misses, they could have could have finished the game quick. He's there a lot. He was there a lot for at the Torino game. I think most of the games he is there and then he messes it up and you're just like, what is wrong with you, man? Like you are given all the chances. Like they're about to ship your ass out to whoever's got like a hot check for you, man. Right? I think it's a goner in January, Matt, if anyone's willing Big to pay. Time. If anyone's stupid enough to willing to pay Big for time. Uh, some, of the, some of the figures that we've heard. I mean, come on. 30 million. Yeah, thirty million. I'll sign today. Oh, is okay. it? Were, is, were group you? Group. Sorry, hang on, Giovanni. Were you just? I mean, for the listeners who couldn't who couldn't see what just what Giovanni did, were you signing a check or were you were you doing the cooking up? No, uh, I celebration. Like, if they sign a check for like me, this, thirty million. Oh Christ, because because McKenny be McKenny like, and Nabi look so McKinney. similar. I just I just I thought that was the McKenny celebration. I just somebody somebody on me. Somebody sorry, compared sorry, Chris. Somebody. Somebody compared McKinney to uh, Fat Bla- uh, Blaze Matuidi today. I thought it was funny because he. Oh my god! <laughs> that was so mean. Twitter, Twitter. Sometimes Hell no! Out. Blaze Matuidi would have is better, regardless of the goal. Blaze Matuidi. I'm sorry, Chris. Chris. Chris, I'm sorry, bro. I'm still, I'm still trying to internalize a, a Blaze Matuidi West McKinney comparison physically. Um, so. <laughs> Look, I, I think the, the question I have for the group, and, and allow me if I can just to touch on the topic for one second. Um, I do think he is Juve material in the sense that he deserves a place on the team. I don't know that we're at the point anymore where we can rely on him to be a regular week-in, week-out starter. And in that sense, I wonder if he's necessarily Juve material anymore as well, because I think on a team like, say, Atletico, under El Cholo, you may have a more defined and clear role as a defensive type of stopper where he can sort of clear out from the back and be a little bit more effective that way. But unfortunately for us, we saw him peak under Sadi. That was his best performance in terms of a, a season. And we just have never seen him set forward in his growth since then. But um, as we sort of move to the Wes McKenney discussion, I, I'm sort of torn a little bit because we talk about him bungling some of these really good chances but at the same time I also find myself being very um, appreciative of the fact that he finds 
in these situations so frequently because he's able to make such good tactically astute forward runs and put himself in good positions, even if he's unable to finish them more often than not. But we saw glimpses of it under Pirlo as well, that he was able to be an effective attacking player. And his role has sort of evolved in many ways over the course of his, his year and a bit with us. So uh, I'm still not sure that I know what kind of player he's going to be or, or what kind of player he himself thinks he's going to be. But I find myself wondering, uh, you know, are, are his best years ahead of him or has he peaked already too? But I, I don't know if I'm ready to give up on him yet. I, maybe I'm in the minority, but no, I've seen too many glimpses. To Chris, think that he's a I was think, I'm sorry. No, no I'll, I'll let you finish. No, 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 sir. I was just saying, I was, I've seen too many glimpses and, and not enough of him in our colors to know for sure, for certain that uh, he's a dead commodity at this point. That's all. Well, let, let, let's let's recall. I mean, he's had a bad twelve months. I mean, he's had a bad. It's been a bad calendar year for him. It's been a bad twelve months. If you go back to the beginning of last season, that's pretty much when it started. And we're now at the beginning of this season, I would wait until the end of this year before I'd be willing to kind of give a final verdict. Because um, again, I'm, I'm actually kind of in the same. I'm kind of in the same boat as Chris. Funnily enough, um, and I'm and not not to give you too much of a pat on the back here, Chris, for everything you said, but actually the first team that went to my head. When Farhad, you you asked the question when you when you when you fired it off a few minutes ago, was Atletico Madrid. The reason I changed it was because I thought, ah, too big a club. Maybe he needs a fucking change of scenery. Maybe he needs to take a step down. Hence why I just said Sevilla, another Spanish club. I don't know, but 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 I could actually see it. Funnily enough, I actually think he's more of an Atletico type player than Rodrigo De Pau, who they signed last year, or this this past off season. But I don't know. I I, I definitely agree that another year. We'll, we'll we'll know we'll know for sure like here, here here's the thing like, like, it's an interesting question like do, do you guys all think that and just yes or no you know you don't have to give a reason as to why um before you tell me do you think that respectively federico bernardeschi and mattia de Chilio are juve caliber players it's yes no the Chilio over the past two games yes Okay, but 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 just but just as a blanket statement in general, as a rule of thumb, is he good enough, or do you want someone else? Not can not can you maybe trust him under Allegri? Like I I would suspect I, you all to say thing. probably not, right? For both, Anything but you could work it dime. out. Yeah, Anything can change on a dime. Like, That's the I, point. I will go back to high skill play consistently. Danilo, when he came, everybody was crying for Cancelo. Every day, nonstop, Cancelo, Cancelo, Cancelo. They still Even do. Going back to Daniel, I don't, I don't hear it. And it's it was the very small minority. And then you saw Danilo all of a sudden figured himself out, and he's a consistent, trusted player who's versatile, right? defensively he, but, versatile. Which, but he, forget versatility. The Shilia is versatile, but he's been very inconsistent. So. If I see one thing is Deshilio play two games well and fifteen poorly. <laughs> Show me ten good games, two okay games, two shitty games, and I can say, okay, maybe I can work with you. Because guys, I'll go back to I'm a numbers guy. We gotta pay for Chiesa. We gotta figure out Morata. We're talking about buying Blavit. Like Somebody's got to go. And I'm not going to, like, like I don't think, like, like the said, uh, that McKenney is dead weight. I think he's got potential. I can appreciate as well the fact that he can be at the right place at the right time, but he's got to do something with it because 
outside of that skill of being at the right place at the right time, he's not contributing in any other way on the field, right? Before he was doing that, he was tracking back, he was capturing ball, he was being dynamic. I saw that with him, with Pirlo. I'm not seeing it now with Allegri, and I don't know why, okay? If anything, Allegri is the type of coach that wants to see that from a player like him. But at some point, somebody's got to go. If it's not Rabiot, if it's not hopefully Ramsey, it's got to be somebody like McKenney. It's got to be somebody like Betancourt. Could be somebody like the Sheik. The puts in a good season. You can't, you know, if you can hold him as a good replacement, you do. And that's it. Because you have more important needs elsewhere. It's not to gotcha. me that Allegri trusts him as much as he does, you know, and 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 has has continued to turn to him instead of going toward a younger guy like Luca Pellegrini, who apparently oh hasn't God. really been impressed oh a whole lot. No, every podcast. Well, he's a guy. He's a guy in the team. He's a guy in the team who was kept. You know, you, you'd have hoped that he'd have, that he'd have done better, and he's not impressed at all this year, really. Apparently, Matt, Matt we, 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 we haven't heard from Matt. By the way, I forgot to mention the sixth member of the group. Alessandro Belpierre, ladies and gentlemen. Always halfway through the pod. Always. Always. Yes, always. always. Yeah. Um, no, I Matt, think, anything from you? Uh, yeah, I think the 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 Benticar McKenny one, one is tough because we've seen both of them have good performances, but obviously both of them have struggled. I think Gio's point is is great about is is a good thing to keep in mind around value. Um, but I'm, I'm not here to talk about like you know transfer value and actually set, selling just on the the pure basis of their skills. I like both of the players because we've seen what they can do. My issue with Benton Cole more than McKenney is that when he makes mistakes, it is typically in one of the worst positions. And he had a bad mistake today where he gave the ball away in the, in the defending third. And we can point to a bunch of times where Benton Kerr's mistakes lead to goals or goal scoring opportunities. Um, it's, it's happened with McKenney too, but it's not as often. Uh, and that's really the big problem for, for me with Benton Cole is that, we we just we he can make he's his his positioning on the field and his and not being reliable in those positions really leaves them vulnerable. Um, but I think Ben Coy, if he's one of those players where like if you did ship him to Atletico, he'd probably shine because he it just it, he's got the he, he seems like he has the ability. It's just for whatever reason, it just doesn't it hasn't worked for well, him the last year or two. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm rooting still for very him. Young. But- I'm, I'm rooting he's not for him, really I'm, very young though. He's not very young. He's, you know, he, he, he should be close to the final product here. Like what, what you're seeing now at 24, he's is what 24 years seeing. old. How is that not very young? It's, it's People not, it's peak just, at 27 to 30. That's three years away from peaking. That's, I'm o- that's I'm very over, young. I'm over, I mean, I'm over people. I'm over people calling Federico Chiesa a young player forever. I mean, like, like it's, it's, you're, you're young, you're young and you're allowed a certain leash at 18, 19, maybe. Yeah. 20. Once you I get mean, into your twenties, man, and you've been playing the first team for five years. I, I I agree with sorry. There were guys that if we want, there's guys in other. I hear you, Matt. Though. That 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 peak, that peak in the early twenties and stay at that peak for a long time. That's the problem with the development of Italian players. I oh, no. I can count on one hand like really young players that, you know that that peak early and they're like they just keep growing. Chiesa is one of them, thankfully. You know, Donnarumma is another one. 
Rodri has been with us for a long time now, it feels like. And so I think we Five maybe years. judge him on the basis of that. But yeah, I think I, I lean more, maybe slightly in the on the side of the fence of Matt, where a 25-year-old is not considered, or 24-year-old is, is not what I consider to be old. He's not but old. Certainly we've, not. Certainly we've not. had him for a long time. He's got a lot of mileage with us. And so maybe I wonder if, if I'll ask the question, I guess, maybe maybe he's, he's gotten complacent at this point. Maybe that's where we are. All right, boys, let's, let's switch topics a little bit. I wanted to point out that Finally, three years later, it's like that. It's like that that gif on Twitter where the the Titanic lady says it's been 84 years. Paulo Dybala's contract is finally um, almost done. The extension his his contract expires in 2022 in summer. So uh, I'm reading here, Nicola Shira. That's apparently a famous journalist. Good source. Good source. Good source. Yeah, Paulo Dybala's contract extension with Juventus until 2026 is expected within a year. Within the end of October, his agent will return to Turin. And this guy's been to Turin like 45 times already. Might as well move. His agent uh, is going to return to Turin to close the deal. Uh, and that's when my problem comes in. And far be from me to discuss what, what other players, what players make. But I feel like 8.5 million a year plus uh, 1.5 million as bonuses. It kind of kind of lowballing Paulito over there, aren't they? Not, not at all, man. No fucking way. That's exactly what I think he's worth. I mean, c- come on. Do you have any idea what guys make on other teams in Serie A? And I love him. I get that he's a stud. I get that he's, I get that he's Spe- arguably. Spe- like speaking practice. of, this is an me... American term, but sorry, no, go, 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 go. Oh. Before I forget, I'm sorry to interrupt. But, uh, no, no, speaking okay. of Serie A, uh, Sam has a excellent podcast. He's dedicates to the rest of Serie A, including Juve, obviously, the Calcio podcast. And please follow Sam. Uh, he will be in my mentions and in the, you know in the Twitter in the Twitter announcement. So if if you if you want some if you want the 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 steroid version of Sam by himself just rattling off just he he's a madman and I love it. So uh, go me? ahead, Sam. I, yes, you 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 Sam Sam the Hammer, dude. I love it. It's fine. Um, I don't I, I don't I don't des- I don't deserve the uh, shout out because I just popped into the pod five minutes in. No, um, you're totally fine. I, I missed miss the intro. Now nah, you were that, saying. I apologize. I, I, I get, I get, I get why you want to pay Paulo big money. I mean, he's definitely like a franchise player, just optically. I know it's an American term that we don't tend to use in football, but it's, it's the only word I can really, it's the only term I could really think of to describe what he could mean to Juve now that we're a Ronaldo-less Juve. But at the same time, if he's willing to take it, I mean, that's that's on him. You know, it's not our fault that he that he was willing to take a step back after asking for fifteen mil a year. I mean, that that was preposterous. It, it was because he's been injury prone and because he hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't put up thirty goals a year. He's not blown up. Oh. He's not blown up. This is a very Juve friendly contract. I'm glad, and because of where we are as a club, um, recuperating from you know financial distress from, due to COVID, where the Serie A is as a league with its stunted growth, right? We're not going to get any more money than what we do currently with the way the Serie A is run. So it's, it's what we, it's what we can afford, right? Hope eventually we'll have to get to the, you know, wage bill of a, of a Bayern, right? You know, and you'll put that ceiling around 12 mil, 13, 15, but I don't think people have learned nobody's going to go give any player a messy contract or a Neymar contract, 
for a Ronaldo contract. The, 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 these leagues are, and these clubs are figuring out ways to kind of cap that. It, it's never, it's never going to happen. So to me, Dybala never demonstrated that he was worth 15 million. I'll be, I love the guy. He's a great player, ton of potential, but still 60% potential, 40%. Oh, I'll be generous, 50-50. By the way, Farhad, it's it's eight point what was it eight point eight seven million whatever the figure is, that's net, that's net. The figures you hear reported in Italy are net salary. So yeah. when you compare so when you compare it to the wage bill of Bayern, for example, as Giovanni just did, you look at what Leroy Sané is making. He's making about maybe seventeen million euro a year gross. He's maybe making well, I don't know what the tax rate in Germany is at the top bracket. It's probably about fifty percent. Guessing a lot. <laughs> Assume he's making, yeah, it's Germany, right? Let's assume he's make. Let's assume maybe he's comfortably making nine mil. It's about the same as what Dybala is making. Is that that crazy? I mean, he's one of the highest paid players on that team. You know, does, does he really deserve that much more than twice of twice what Lorenzo Insigne is making right now? I think Lorenzo Insigne is clearing four and a half million net. If Dybala is making nine million bucks a year. I mean, that's really just a Juve tax. It's a Juve premium that he's getting paid because he's at Juve, but he's not that much more dominant a player than Lorenzo Insigne. He plays on the off wing as a small diminutive player who's two years younger than him and who sets up about the same number of goals per minute, I think, at least, you know, off the top of my head. I, I, I think they tend to, when they're both healthy, average about, you know, maybe 10 plus assists a year, maybe get about 20 goals a year. Anywhere in that range is, is good. 15 to 20 goals. You know, I think right. it's a good, it's a good contract. And yet it's, you know, we're paying them a lot and yet it's UV friendly. Coco, I Chris, it. I don't know if you guys agree, but we obviously uh, have to we'll, keep the we'll, guy. We'll, sw- we'll switch the topic now. Um, thank you guys so much for your uh, opinions about Dybala. I'm, I'm glad he's signing the contract. That's, that's our boy. Uh, what I wanted to do is sometimes I neglect to read the comments and the questions that uh, that our friends, our friends, our listeners post. I mean, they're they're friends too, I guess. So, uh, how about a lightning round? Uh, there's like five or six questions that literally just popped up on Twitter at Juve Podcast. If you want to follow us, um, just yell out your name if you have a an opinion on that topic. So let's go, Zaki. Uh, that's our that's our friend. By the way, uh, while we're recording, Giovanni just bought like a bunch of merchandise from TurinGiants.com. You really don't have to. I, I will have to refund you, but um, I appreciate you, buddy. You're you're the best. So, Zaki, speaking of people who buy a lot of merchandise, um, he's asking the Shilio. I mean, we kind of discussed it, so let's keep it short. Uh, is this a fluke, or is he better than I remember him being? Memory serves me correctly. I thought he was pretty good, but made of glass. What do you guys think about? Um, the Shilio and him being made of glass. One word answer. I'll throw it over to whoever wants to take the baton. Uh, Allegri effect. That's it. it. Allegri trusts him. Love it. I don't know what more you add to that, honestly, but he's, uh, he's a player who we've seen glimpses of as well, too. And not only that, when you have a lot of faith from your manager, uh, you tend to get uh, the best out of a player, even if they're a glue guy, nothing more. Love it. Alex glory. Oh, go ahead, buddy. Go ahead, probably go ahead. all going around, but no, apparently no, no. Uh, just oh, a, uh, whoever wants to, whoever wants to say, chime in. Do I want him starting every game? No, but can we keep him on the bench and fill in when when Sandra needs a break or when Quadrado needs a break? Hundred percent, yes. Boom, love it. Alex Glory. He posted two questions, which I think is kind of BS. Because, come on, buddy. 
So, uh, formation question from Alex. Let me just read. Dybala, Bernadeschi, Cuadrado, Perin, Tesilio contracts expire at the end of the year. Who deserves a contract extension and who doesn't get a contract extension? Who do we... Dybala is obviously getting so one. Dybala is already... Do we, wait, do we what's, the, what's the question? So Perrin, Those are a lot Perrin, of names. Out of Dybala, Cuadrado, Perrin, and Desilio, who deserves an extension? Was Bernadeschi oh. not included in that? Wait, hold He was. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> Start from the top, one person. I All right, Dybala. Dybala, does he deserve an extension contract? Yes. yes, we can't afford to get anybody yes. else. And oh, we're extending Bern- him. Ber- Bernadeschi. Maybe. If he takes ha- yeah. if he takes a, a big percentage cut and ke- we don't and we keep him on the bench, I'd probably keep him. But no, I which I've cut. read, which I've read, he's 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 declining a, a pay cut, Mister. Then well, good luck to him getting anything <laughs> on the open market. His, what he's making now? Yeah, his uh, his agent is Mino Rayola, so he's not taking a pay cut. You, you, you uh, know I how know I like it. I, I think sorry, sorry, Fred. I think sorry. I think I think Roma pay him. You know, you know what? And this is actually funny. This is a complete coincidence. The reason I'm rattling off numbers so well right now is because I literally have a a, a, a table in front of me of the net salaries of everyone in Serie A last year. Oh, okay. So it is just a pure coincidence because I was reading it. I was reading it like last week, and I kept the tab open. So Bernardeschi is on four million right now net. Roma pay him that easy. They really, they, they do, and he gets to the top of their. He gets to close to being the top of their, 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 you know, their, their um high wage bill. But he, he gets he gets to play more. He probably has a little bit more freedom. I think he takes that deal all day. So I I don't think he's taking a pay cut. Do do we re-sign him? I don't. That that's a that's the one for me out of that whole list that I thought was the least um, obvious response. I think Quadrado I say a, I say Quadrado gets a lifetime contract. Quadrado is, a, yeah. is I don't know about a lifetime, but he definitely deserves a contract. <laughs> Another year, two years, whatever. Fuck it. You know what I mean? How old is he? He's older. He's Thirty-four this year. At the end of this Ooh. this calendar year, um, the, at the end of this this season, I should say. So you extend. Are we sure he's thirty-four? Because I mean, he's, he's born in eighty-eight. So yeah, so he'll be thirty-four in May. So okay. he's thir- thirty-four at the end of the season. You give him a two-year one, one more season. He, one give him more. a one plus one contract. I'll never forget how he. Chris, he what actually, do you think? We haven't heard from you really. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, fuck. Listen, when we're on the Quadrado subject, I, I'm more in the I'm more in the favor of of the lifetime contracts. And players like him don't age very gracefully that are speed based. But I, we've been waiting for the drop off for what feels like forever, and it just hasn't happened yet. One plus one, and then that turns into a plus one, plus one, plus one. On the you know how we do. Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's move to the next question. Bianconero sixteen. Um, he's asking. That's an interesting question. I feel like this will be the story of the transfer season. Do you think Vlaovic is a concrete option for Juve? Yes, yes. because I think we're more likely to dish out the amount that that Morata would cost um, on Vlaovic. He's a younger guy who yes. knows really well, big guy. Um, I, what's our option on Morata? I think it's like 60 million. I think we could probably get Vlaovic for less now if it's clear that he's going to walk for free at the end of the season. I mean, Comiso. That no, he's not going to walk for free. He's, what, he's, what is I it? I think he is. I think the he's not extending is, at Fiorentina. He's not extending at Fiorentina. That's what it the is. The contract is 2023 expiration. He's entering his contract year. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes. sorry. Okay, I'm so, sorry. look, it will be a. Juventus friendly contract. 
the Fiorentina will get paid. The Fiorentina fans will be like, oh my God, yet another guy, yet another talent going to Juve. It, it is what it is. Because those are the league dynamics. We see it in Germany with Bayern and the rest of the Bundesliga. So um, the question is, because there's a premium for strikers, is, is that the right choice? I think it's the choice because his wages are not going to be the wages you're going to go have to pay Holland, even if there is this legendary 75 million, you know, clause on his contract. You know, if, if COVID never happened and Juventus kept growing and never got financially impacted, if I would say 1000% go get Holland, pay him 15 million or whatever he wants and you're set for the next 10 years. But we can afford Vlaovic, and I think Vlaovic is who we'll go for. Vlaovic is, is Holland light anyways, if you're talking about just yeah. purely from a physical standpoint. Then you're talking, like you said, Gio, manageable wages by comparison. And say, look, if, uh, if Fiorentina is not willing to part with him for cheap, I think we're still afforded the opportunity to get him on you know, a reasonable uh, operation, not unlike Chiesa. I love a good power forward, though. I would love he's to see him. He's one of those modern. He's a modern forward, right? He's he's big, athletic, and can move, and he's got a good touch. There aren't many guys like them, you know. Um, either of them, you got maybe Zapata and Serie A, maybe Lukaku. Uh, who else? Yeah, Lewandowski. So so so. Ronaldo's not a small guy, but he's lean. You know what I mean? He's and he's he's evolved into a striker, but again, not a to, whole lot like that. To finish the Vlahovic um, discussion. What's your consensus? Have you guys heard anything about like him more or less leaning towards Juve or or another? Is there another team that's a strong contender? I haven't heard anything. I feel like, like it's going to be. I feel like it will be a clown show with Camiso. Yeah, I, I think the Camiso uh, aspect will be interesting. Factor, but yeah. yeah, he's going to avoid. Camiso can Juve do can. anything. Camiso um, can do anything, and Camiso is a smart businessman because, as you guys noticed. He could have he could have literally put himself in front of a wood chipper with the Chiesa situation, and he didn't. He did it at the end of the last day of the transfer season, and he got the money he wanted. It's just a diluted payment. He can still operate financially in the market. And Fiorentina, Fiorentina is the type of team that needs to be in the top five for at least three, four years in order to build themselves um, that stability that then kind of pays off and becomes evergreen, right? Like where Atalanta is now. That's fair. Right? That's fair. Yeah. So Vlaovic is just, again, market dynamics. It's just, that's it. Like, I'm not too worried about it. Right. right. Here's the issue. Yeah. Though, real, here, here's the issue though, real quick. I mean, Giovanni, I love you, but... Chiesa last year, I mean, he had one, he, I think he pretty much had one suitor and that was us. So, I mean, I think he had one was suitor able to wait out because he wanted to come to Juve because his dad was like, you're going to Juve. And he was like, sure thing, dad. So I, 
I, look, I, all I know is I think there are more people that want to sign Blaovic now than wanted to sign Kiesa last year. I mean, you got all That's, the biggest clubs in England and Germany that want to sign Blaovic. That well. would be my question. If outside money comes in from a different league, which with I think Kiesa, it, is. it wasn't. It, that's what I would. Yeah, and I, it sounds like it's going to be. So that would be the issue. Is because if the, if an outside club comes in, they'll be able to spend the big money. Kiesa, Italian pl- talent. You know, he's going to want to stay in Italy. No, none of the Italian teams really have spending power. Uh, to me, so that's why Juve gets the preference. If I'm Vlaovic, and again, I might be biased, I don't leave Italy. I go to Juventus for two reasons, right? You can be the guy, you, you'll be the man. And if you're the man and you deliver, it goes two ways. You get paid at Juve as Juventus is, you know, bank account gets fatter, because it will. We're thinking that Juventus is like broke and will remain broke. They're, they're not. Especially or, now free of, you know, the wage that we had to pay for the last three years. Yeah. And and if Juventus isn't willing to, you know, pay you what you feel like you deserve, you can easily go to Germany. You can easily go to Real or Premier League and you'll be happy there with a big wage. Juventus will get paid. You know, it's too big of a risk. Let's say you go to Real Madrid and you fail. You become another Jovic or Jokic or whatever his name is. Yo, yo, right? yo, Jovic and there was that other guy. Yo, the, then, or you, go, or you become a Timo Werner or a, what's that other German kid? Kai Havertz. Useless. Just, just rubbish. Rubbish, man. Well, we're, we're, we're Gio, certainly worse. To your us. to your point, though, I think. Look, one thing, if I could add, is we've all, all of us on this podcast currently, we've all been around long enough to see Juventus without money and Juventus with money. We've seen the pre-Ronaldo, pre-Delict era, and we've seen us afterwards. And I think the one thing that's always been true of our situation on the transfer market is the will of the player always matters the most, uh, regardless of how much money we have at our disposal. So I think if, if Vlaovic, for example, is a player that wants to join Juve and wants to join Juve and prioritize Juve, it's a deal that can be made done pretty easily. And that's normally the way it's worked for us, whether it was with Delict, with Chiesa, even with Ronaldo. It's one of those things that depends entirely on how well advised he is and who he is, you know, who, who because here's the thing, Jaman, you, you, you said the smart move is to go to Juve and you said maybe you're biased, but I think you're right. I think that's because you're a smart guy. You could see that. You could see beyond your Juventino eyeglasses, but maybe Vlaovic is a moron. I don't know who he is, right? You, you don't know if maybe he was dreaming about going to play in the Premier League from a young age. I mean, he's a young guy born in 2000. Everyone grew up around, you know, any anyone Gen Z like me grew up with, you know, the, 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 the floodlights the is king. booming above them, right? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So you, you don't know. You don't know what his goals are. Personally. Interesting. All right. So a couple, couple more questions. Lorenzo is asking if there's a more anything more satisfying than a one zero win. Yeah, a three zero win. But we'll take the one zero win. I'll I'll take I'll take care of that one. Uh, Allegri Allegri one zero win is is equal to a three zero win anywhere else. And you know what? I'm I'm loving the stability. I love that that the team is playing as a unit. Um, not to bash Ronaldo again. It's it's you know while while he was a Juve player it was fun, but um, uh, we we are we are left with a team that we are left with, and I feel like I I do enjoy the the unity and you know the the willingness to defend with the whole team and uh, yeah one zero wins are good, but but three zero remains my favorite score. It's it's a it's like a fine line between the humiliation of the of the 
of the opponent and getting the three goals and the clean sheet. Three zero is my perfect, um, my favorite score. And I know Lorenzo was was half kidding, so naturally I went on a tangent. Um, I'll take I'll take a one nil win over Inter on the weekend. But guys, am I the only one who's a little nervous about the fact that we've only been winning one nil? I know Giovanni really is a big proponent of the kill them the way Bayern do every opportunity you can and just try to run you know run the score up and you know the, the fact that yeah. it's been frustrating uh, to score goals is that is that cause for concern for you guys too Coco Chris yes no. I'm I'm concerned that sounds like a question that we were asking in Allegri's final year when we would start letting those one nothing matches slip away late and so until until we start seeing it happen with a little bit more frequency like back then I, I find myself saying you know what just hold on and enjoy the ride well, we see what happens when he goes and when we start um, taking that for granted, right? When we start saying, oh, you know, these games are fucking boring. It's a, it's a very slippery slope that we ought not go down quite yet. Not, not I feel like he's helping I feel like everyone if you, learn all the bad habits. And, if you neutralize Jekko for the intergame, you're good. He, he, this, this guy's on fire. I kind of watched the... The, the game yesterday, Inter versus um, Sheriff. And dude, the, the one move, and he's such a natural striker. It's just like these positions that he scores from. Jack was super, uh, super dangerous. I feel like you neutralize him and you will be fine. Slip in with, a couple of goals. With Inter, you need to, you need to watch out for uh, spot kicks. You know, corner kick, free kick, whatever. And... Watch out in the midfield. Everything else, I think it evens out. It's the peripheral scoring that, that concerns me most because our center backs, whether regardless of what tandem is fielded, we always seem to handle true prima punti every time number nines always seem to struggle against us unless their name is Mauro Icardi and he's no longer on Inter. So I find myself not being so concerned about that nearly as much as I am the secondary scoring for Inter, which always seems to give us a bit more trouble. It's all off corners, as Joel said. Yeah, the, the, the corners. What about Coco? What are you saying? Well, I was going to say that the, it's all, like, yeah. Are we, are we doing Co- are we doing Coco now? Speaking of Seinfeld, if guys, well, that is that Coco is actually my Coco, the, Coco the monkey. Is, that is, is that, actually is that, my nickname? Co- Co- okay, so Coco, Co- it is it. Co- this Co- is my Co- this is my intro to Coco <laughs> too. So I'm I'm yeah, sticking with we, it. Chris and I have I actually it. really talked. This is actually my nickname, which is the funny thing is that you, I love that's it. what people call me. I'm riding with it. Uh, right, Coco, it's just a natural. Think? It's just a natural progression. Of course, like uh, of course, instinctively, people will start to call you that. I started calling you that by accident. Yeah, it just <laughs> it's, you see it's the last good. name and you see Coco. Too good not, too good not to. It's what you feel like. But no, to to Chris's point, exa- like anytime we have they have the big classic number nine, I actually get like excited because our defenders are classic defenders. They're good at at taking out those big players. But corners, crosses, God, like. Those just give me. Those just give me the agita. Anytime we have to defend set pieces, or cr- corner kicks, or anything coming in from the wings, I'm very worried. And so that, and it's I don't know why it is this way, but that's just been the way for the last few years. Um, I find it hilarious that Alex Glory, the guy who asked two questions, he's posted like three more since then. I feel bad not answering, but. Alex, you you, you got to understand us, buddy. It's 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 one one question per listener. But he he mentions Take the that best one. He, he mentions is there no place for Ramsey in the squad? No. Let me just let me just <laughs> take care of that one. Real. We quick. didn't talk about the Ramsey debacle, but yeah. I mean, I listen. I like Ramsey. I, I, I like I, him as a person. It's just not. He's just not perfect. He's just not meant for this team. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Personality won't win you 
the Champions League. And if um, sell them, we got them for nothing. Sell them. Fuck um, it. Uh, best of, yeah. The best New- ability is availability, and for whatever reason, uh, unlike with Kadira, who had injury problems when we signed him, Rambo has just not been able to stay healthy. It's unfortunate. Uh, Chris, we'll we'll give you the last word because I know you have Super League thoughts. And how about last five minutes? Um, again, thank you guys all so much for joining. This was awesome. I feel like keeping the podcast over a little bit over an hour keeps the, keeps the the current generation of you know the short attention span um, span interested. So I'll give you the last word. Uh, Super League. There's been some. There's been there's been changes. Do you um, do you want to explain? What's been going on the last couple of days? Oh, well, look, five minutes is, is you, you can't even get me started five minutes, but um, what a light to of, end on. <laughs> absolutely. Right. I, I feel like, the, the, I feel like it's not being discussed. So I, I, I feel like this will be a, this would be something that people are really interested in and should know about. No, I agree. I think it's a topic that everybody should be very abreast and familiar with because for for me, I think it's one of the more misunderstood concepts that has been presented to us as football fans over the past few years. And I think it's very misunderstood. And and the Super League in general for me is just something that I, I feel like a lot of people are hesitant towards because they simply don't like change. But um, in terms of the new proposal that's been sort of tabled or at least been bandied about in terms of, uh, you know, what changes have been made to the original concept, um, making it more inclusive to non-founding uh, clubs has been the primary. And I think that was the sticking point for a lot of people prior to, uh, you know, the the proposal of the initial Super League concept. So um, the one that was sort of discussed this week was now it being a little bit less um, contingent upon clubs that are our founders not being able to be bumped from the competition. And I think that's something that has allowed a lot of people to gain a little bit more perspective on it. For me personally, I think, uh, you know, the Champions League is, is slowly going the way of the Dodo Bird, me personally. But uh, I mean, I think it's it's an interesting conversation worth having. And I think, uh, you know, clubs who bring a lot more to the table should be compensated as such. And so I, I'm curious to know what you guys think. And Farhad's given me the final word. Um, no, I've, I've, I'm curious I've, what you guys want to know on it as well. I, I, I feel, like, I feel like you guys may not agree with me on this. No, I'm, I'm with you 100%, dude. 100%. The, the, the launch was botched. There was a panicked launch. You, I, I, I work for Fortune. I, I, I work at a company where, you know, things like this. Nobody does that, right? Any big household name doesn't do a launch like that. It was so poorly done, and obviously, it, it felt it felt a little fire festivaly. You imagine like a coup? So you imagine an outright coup? Can you imagine if the pharma companies had put out the vaccine in the same way that I just thought of this now? Can you imagine if they had presented the vaccine in the same way that the Super League was presented to the world? Like Florentino Perez goes on like El Chiringuito or just some random Spanish TV show. So like, I don't know, like a, like a, like a, like an exec from Pfizer goes on The View or some garbage TV show. And it's, it's, this is the vaccine. Here's how it works. It's a brand new tech. It's mRNA. Here's what it's going to do. It's like three days, three days after, three days after Trump's voted out of office. I mean, it would just the the the, the, the shitstorm would have been absolutely. It would have been the most funny thing in the world. It would have. Been, I don't know. I, I I almost wish that would have happened just to have seen as, it was as a, a bystander. Jovan, Jovan, you 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 were saying that this this would never happen anywhere else. What do you mean? No, no, no. I think it's it was just poorly run, and I think they panicked. Right? I think they just jumped the gun, 
And you need to have when anything that is like monumental change, you need to you need to come at it from different angles. You need to say why it's good for other people. You then and then you're like, then you kind of get into the plea. You started with the plea, like, oh, we don't have enough money and UEFA is eating up too much money and we're not getting it. Nobody's going to, you're not going to get any sympathy from anybody. The yeah. governing body being UEFA wants to assume control. They want the biggest slice. But for me, the way I interpret things, and, and I say this, of course, as a fan of a club who is a founder, but um if I show up with the pie, I want a big slice. I don't want a sliver if I'm providing a lot. And so for me, I think while it does come off a little bit like a coup, um, the way that the UA, uh, that the, the Super League clubs presented the idea, I do find myself wondering if, say, Boris Johnson hadn't threatened to make it illegal for the English clubs who were involved to be involved, if it might not have come off without uh, without a hitch as it was initially supposed to, because... We've seen some of the power that uh, that Florentino Perez and the Barca and Juve have shown over the course of this process and now clearing all the other clubs that were originally supposed to be fined for it as a result. They, they have some they have some muscle. They have some juice. And we're starting and, to see a little bit of it. But and and I think the yeah, I think the, the, the EPL clubs would have had the same juice. They, they were just caught by surprise. Ultimately, look, Boris Johnson and also any sort of government, right? Uh, the union is, as much as Europe is uh, different than the US when it comes to kind of labor laws, right? They're not They're not going to stifle the clubs. The clubs would have figured out a way from a regulatory and legal standpoint to, you know, to, 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 to get the, um, I guess, the decision on their side. But it's a matter of determining, hey, look, this is how the market, again, this is how the market is going. We're expanding. We're, we're not going to be insular in our product, right? For the longest time, the EPL was just in the EPL and Bundesliga and Syria and whatnot. And you got to expand to survive. And unfortunately, the EPL, I think, and the Bundesliga somewhat, um, you you have those leagues that are operated in a very smart manner, but then you have the Serie A that's poorly operated, and Juventus it's, it's you know it's at the detriment of Juventus. So I think so the club is actually dragging the league itself forward in so many ways. Exactly. Yeah, the they're the only club that seems to have any sort of organization together around you know when it comes to creating new stadium, whether it's marketing their 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 brand to the rest of the world. So. To your point, Chris, like the yeah, you they bring more to the table than the rest of the Serie A teams. They should want more yeah. coming out of it. The biggest problem was the was the messaging around it, it around the Super League. So you know, when you when you come in with these really rich clubs saying, oh, you know, we want protection around the champ around how the Champions League is now, where we want to always be involved, and you make it that closed door. That was they lost the the narrative. That was the issue. If they just came out and made it more about. You wait for taking too much money and making it about the football themselves and saying we need protections around the game and making so that the clubs are all in it together. And you, it's just about spinning that narrative. and Accessibility. Like, I that say. was the issue. So now if they come in and they say it's not going to be closed off, you know, we will have the ability for teams to join. And that's where they really need to just focus on because that the fans won't care. 
it was the problem was that they created this closed off league. Nobody's sitting there and thinking Waif is the good guys ever. <laughs> like, and now we have the Waif versus FIFA fat battle going on with, with the, yeah, the four exactly. the two no. every two year World Cup. So, like, there are no good guys in those organizations. Like, they're they're both bad. So it's just about spinning a, a narrative against them, which is easy, which should be easy. You well think so? That. That's that's. I mean, that's the part of it that sort of scared me from the outset. Is people have sided with UEFA's intent to push a narrative about saving football and and the sanctity of the game. When in reality, I think the Super League clubs avoided attacking UEFA by going that route. And I, I think UEFA was not beneath taking that sort of direction with their messaging. I think it's a great point you make, Coco. All right, boys. Thank thank you guys. Thank you, uh, Sam. One last thing about Super League, and and we gotta we gotta sign out, buddy. I'm I'm almost afraid to say this because because the tone I'm just gonna shift the tone totally, and everyone's making such great, succinct, concise points. And Farhad wants to wrap this shit. He's gonna say, it's, "I Farhad, you're gonna want to edit this out." Probably, I know you, but I just had this idea for like a sketch. All right, a sketch comedy, just a sketch, a comedy sketch. Farhad's already got Farhad's already face palmed. <laughs> Bro, right? we were almost done here, man. <laughs> anyway, a comedy sketch. All right, where Quentin Tarantino is playing <laughs> is playing the director of Juve or he's playing uh, the, the 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 head of a club negotiating I've never I've never I've never seen so many face palms on one zoom <laughs> all right, go just, ahead. I no, want to finish it because when because when Chris was saying well, all right listen if I'm going to if I'm going to take part in this all right I want a big slice of the pie all right if you guys go back 4 <laughs> or 5 minutes to when Chris said that I just pictured Tarantino saying that because of the because of the cut I don't know I mean because of the musicality of, of his voice or uh, I, I don't know just the, the the way he said it and I just imagined Tarantino saying all right listen all right if I'm going to be if I'm going to be part of this okay <laughs> I want a big piece of the pie all right and and and, and if they don't want to give me this piece this big fucking piece of the pie right I do not accept that okay I want a big piece of the pie I'm in touch of the big fucking Piece of the pie, all right. I don't know. I just, I, out, of, out, of, out of all like from Pulp Fiction, is that what you're getting at, Sam? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, but he's like, I buy my coffee. It's my, it's my, of course, yeah. my coffee's good because I yeah. buy it. <laughs> yeah, but if you ever heard him in an interview, he kind of talks that way sometimes. Like, I love it. I love it. it. For you, for you to tell me what I could say, all right, that's fucked up, and 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 and, and I do not accept that. All right, I, I, Sam, I don't. you need to export whatever weed you're smoking in Canada down south <laughs> here. Dude, I knew far, I knew Farad, Joe. I knew one of you was gonna ask me what I've been smoking. I'm dead sober. It's not even ten o'clock. What was in that mug you were drinking before? I'm curious. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I like the analogy though. All right, boys. Thank, thank you, guys. So I get it. I, I love it. Let's let's you know let's. Redo this again. Let's let's do this after the intergame. I feel like we've we've hit the stride here. I really do appreciate you guys jumping on. Chris, can you not go dark again uh, for so long? I, I I almost I almost wanted to create a new uh, Turin Giants group chat because I was afraid that we were burdening you having to always be on mute. I felt bad. We're blowing up your phone and you weren't. He's got it on mute. Boys, believe me. Boys, you guys are absolutely nuts. no burden on me whatsoever. I promise. You he, he has that mute button. Anyways, Matt, Giovanni, Chris. Sam the Hammer. I love you guys. Thank you all for joining. Uh, this podcast number 180. It's under wraps. I feel like this was one of my favorite. I, I said it a lot, but I feel like this was one of my favorite episodes. Uh, just because we haven't we haven't chatted in a while. Um, Intergame. I feel like at least a few of us will be back. So let's let's talk about that game in depth. Uh, this was supposed to be a uh, uh, de- uh, episode dedicated to Zenit a lot, but I feel like that game was a complete snooze fest. So I'm glad we, you know, I'm glad the the listeners came through with the questions. Thank you all. Love you all. Forza Juve. Forza Juve. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, tutti.
Maybe we should only be friends right up through the summer It was going pretty well, but shorty lately it's a bummer You can't seem to keep my pace And these wrinkles on my face are getting harder to ignore And maybe we should go explore another world Another boy, another girl, another realm of possibilities Discover hidden pearls or whatever I should have written